Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, everybody. I am so thankful that I have an opportunity to share this lady over here beside me. Uh, I feel like we're all in the same room here. Um, this is Lynn Delgadio. Guys, you've got to get her book. First, I'm going to say that. You know, people that I have on the podcast, um, I've read their material. I've went through and I've just searched the world out over. And I can say with 100% heartwarming love that you guys need to check out her book. And so here's the title. I want you to get ready to write it down. I'm going to put the links in the description. Um, but it's Altered on Impact, How a Traumatic Brain Injury Taught Me to Lead a Purposeful Life. So Lynn, that pretty much gives your bio. I usually start with that, but Lynn, you're an integrated health coach. And so you coach individuals and companies. Um, and after your brain injury in 2014, just everything shifted in your life from corporate banking to this, to coaching, to helping, and writing with your book. So tell us a little bit more about you. So, yeah, I'm a recovering banker and corporate professional. And, you know, I, for many, many years, I was like a lot of other people out there just, you know, spinning on the wheel and having this other side of me that was continually calling to me. Yet I, I had this job to do and I had to run on that wheel. And, um, you know, it's so I've always kind of been interested in wellness and, 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 a very holistic approach to life um, on the side, um, but I, you know, I've had opportunities to do things um, with it, but it wasn't until this injury and the shift that came about in the healing process that really led me back to, well, me again. Yeah. And the way that you start your book off, it's you running, it's you exercising. So I know that that was a huge part of your life prior to the accident and then you know a part of that happened on that day and and I love how and guys okay I'm not gonna do spoiler alerts my husband tells me all the time I am the worst person <laughs> to talk about a book because I want to just scream it all out but I love the way that you frame what happened the way that you put that into that perspective I think is very rich and it's also very new 
it's a new way of thinking about what happens uh, when people have to experience pain or if they have to experience tragedy. And so I really applaud you for just sharing your heart the way that you did. How was it writing the book? Was it a healing process in itself, writing the book? It kind of was. I mean, at times it was a bit of a challenge. Um, and then I actually went through an entire rewrite because I had one way I was trying to write this book and I really wanted to make it kind of geared toward the corporate professional, but then I wasn't really telling my true story. When I went and said, you know what, rewrite, it's gonna be from the heart, just my chronological, you know, just my story from here. And then it just started to flow. But when I talk about the pain and when I talk about the struggle and when I went back and read my notes, I mean, I felt bad for that woman who was experiencing that. I mean, cause I had forgotten a lot of it and I, I just, I feel like the tension as I'm talking to you, I mean, it was really difficult sometimes. I had to put it down because I thought, wow, I, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot to go through. Were, you, were you a writer before your traumatic brain injury? I know that you did poetry because you give us poems. How, first, okay, how do you have poems from when we were kids? I wrote a book. I put it all together in a book when I was about 19 or 20. And so I always keep that around and I refer back to it. And, um, and there were some poems that as you, cause they were very relevant to my story and, and, and my journey um, in life and especially through this injury. Um, and so, so I always um, wrote, I wrote poetry quite often when I was younger and, um, and I guess I did well, you know, I always had accolades writing in college and, um, but, um, and I wrote a screenplay a few years ago out of nowhere in 2013, I had this idea kind of like channel through my head and I was like, ah, I gotta write, I gotta write it. But never did I dream of like writing it, it I, in my mind, it was going to be like a 400 page book. And I thought that's too hard, but I know a screenplay is only like 90 to 110 pages and I can sign up for that. So, but this kind of very happened very organically for me. Okay, so now I'm going to skip back because you've opened up. Would you ever consider writing a book of poetry? Yes. Or would you ever consider taking your screenplay and, and pitching it or revamping it into novel? Or what are your like next steps as far as your writing goes? Yeah, and, and so it's kind of interesting. So what propelled me to actually write this book, it wasn't just because I wanted to tell my story, but when I learned the neuroscience behind why what I was doing was working for me. I was like, it wasn't all of a sudden just some lucky phenomenon that helped me through the healing process into this other, you know, through the other side. I thought, wow, there's actually, this is actually something that can help everyone. Yes. That, that was the real impetus for this book, but the screenplay is very relevant and very interesting. And I registered that with the Writers Guild East in 2013. And a lot of it's playing out current day. So it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of put it down. And then I realized that the writing is like the easy part. And then all the stuff you have to do with the one page and the pitch and the sales and the, 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 the that was kind of overwhelming for me. So but I would pick it up again, for sure. That's, that's the work. Which, yeah. I, which I love that. 
I want to tell you something else that I love. Okay, so I'm a teacher and I'm getting ready to go back to school. And this book was so timely for me because of the exercises that you have in the book. Now, they're for me. They were for me in my moment of transition because, you know, teachers, we have to transition from, okay, we've had the whole school year, then we get summer. Then we have to transition back straight in again. And so it is a, it is a shift. It is a mindset. And, and I'll admit, I've been struggling the past couple of days. And your book was so timely for me because it really helped me the fill in the blank exercise. I'm like, I'm doing that with my kids the first week of school. Like that's now on my lesson plans. Because the exercises that you give, it's all positive psychology. Like it's it's lovely, and it's just so okay. I want to say this: it's it's not that it's simplistic. Like anybody could have said it, but it's like, why didn't we think of it? It's so simple. And it's like, why why didn't I think of that? Oh, I love it. And so, like, your exercises, to me, they, they really spark that next steps for a person to be able to go and do. And the way that you frame everything in your chapters, it would build the courage of the reader to say, if Lynn did this, I'm not alone. Right. I can do this too. And I'm going to keep at it with practice. Like you said, you know, there was one part in the book you said, you know, you can say this, but it's got to be with repetitive practice. This is a this is a change. This is something that you've got to move forward to and make it just a part of who your new identity is almost. It's almost like you're recreating self. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot to that. I mean, so let me get just to your point about the kids. I would love, to, I mean, my goal is to bring this out to, you know, maybe at-risk youth or any kids. It just, you know, and because everybody, I, I feel like we don't realize that we're powerful creators. And and it's okay to say, I have power. It's not a bad word. But um, repetition is so important because that's how you learn. That's how you really re rewire um your brain and and redesign your mind as i call it but it's through that repetition you know because neurons that fire together wire together um and it's through that practice it's through you know the learning and it's being committed and it's all those things um that i talk about the six impact imperatives that you need all of them <laughs> i want to talk about that too but okay so i'm i'm getting older i'm gonna lose my train of thought i gotta say something to you really fast okay <laughs> Uh, I work at a medical magnet high school, and I look for guest speakers all the time. You know, Pooja came to school. Uh, I did a wonderful session with my kids that was so impactful for students and was work that you could literally see the change in students with their health and lifestyle questions that they were asking. Um, so just expect you and I to be continuing to have a conversation. <laughs> And, and you know, and you, you said something about, you know, creating a new identity, but in this process, you know, I talk about this in the book, I believe, you know, over the, the course of our lifetime, and I recognize this at an early age, there's kind of this tug, this kind of tug away from like that 
we create this personality through our thoughts and beliefs and patterns and attitudes and behaviors. And we create this personality that may or may not be in alignment with the essence of who we came in this world to be. So as I went through this process, I realized, yeah, I'm becoming someone different, but it wasn't as if I was leaving myself behind. I was actually getting closer to who I truly am. And that is so powerful. And yeah, and the, the fact that these exercises are so simple, anyone can do them and you don't need to like set aside all sorts of, you know, you could do this while you're out walking. And I love something too, um, the what were we thinking, like what were, you have the videos. Okay, I want to talk about, okay, so your impact imperative videos. Okay, where did you come up with the idea of starting a YouTube channel? Because I know you, you're just beginning that. I just subscribed, by the way. You guys need to subscribe to her YouTube channel. Go find me in. I'm going to put the links in here. But Lynn, where did that come from with YouTube? I don't know. I just thought, you know, I need to get the word out. I, I just wanted to help as many people as I could. And I thought, well, I'm not, I was never big into social media, but you know, it's a great forum and YouTube reaches a lot of people. So, you know, I was at the gym one day and I was looking for something to see on YouTube and there I popped up. <laughs> oh, wow. This is cool. So, so you're like, okay, I'll start my channel. And yeah. I'll it. So I've looked at a couple of your videos. They are amazing, by the way, just like you are. And you're just so real. You're so real. It's like you, like you said, you speak from your heart. You just have this way of where you're, you're just looking in the screen and you're just talking and I can tell you're not scripted. I can tell you're not stressed. No. I can tell you're not really worried about what people might how they might receive it you're just giving yeah and and that's one of the amazing you know takeaways from this injury um i was probably all those things several you know pre-injury five years ago but you know there's a lot of me in that book i mean i laid it all out there and it's very vulnerable i mean it is you have some deep emotional pieces in that book that that talk about the hard truths of pain yeah yeah. And, you know, and it's, and I just, so I just thought, you know what, if I'm going to help people, I can't help people by trying to be something I'm not, you know, that was what I learned through this whole experience is how to reconnect with who I really am and how to like be self-actualized in the world and be unapologetic for being me. So your process with the writing, like how long did it take you to actually like put your manuscript together? So um, I began this process probably July or August last year. And during that time, I, both of my parents were ill and my dad was failing and he ultimately passed. I was having a hard time concentrating on it. And, and I realized, you know, in De December, I think it was, I realized I'm going down the wrong path. It, was, it felt very unnatural. And it, I was straining to get three pages written. And then that's when I decided that in early January, I said, no, 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 I'm going about this the entire wrong way and my editor actually helped me make that decision and then when I made it my story completely my story not trying to attract any target market just trying to tell my story and help people then I would sit down and write 40 pages 80 pages at a time so yeah. it was probably January February two months 
at that point, it just flowed out of me and we did the content editing um, and restructured some things. And, and then I was done by the end of March. Awesome. A few months, once I got focused and got the right game plan, it just took right. time. But once you started on that right path, yeah. any kind of like blocks that you might have had, that was, to me, that's like a Holy Spirit red flag that's saying, you're trying to do this your way, let me do it my way, and then when you just say, okay, blank page, okay, Holy Spirit, just, just take over, that's how I look at it when I'm writing my books. And anytime, like, if I get to a slow point and I have to start thinking about the story, yeah. that's when I realize, wait, I'm not even supposed to be thinking about it. I'm just supposed to be telling the story that's already inside of me. It's there. And then it all comes and then you write. Yeah. And, you know, I had, I had a tremendous amount of resistance toward the first concept of the book because it wasn't really who I was. So once I said, you know, let that go, and yeah, just speak from my heart and let it flow, it just flowed. And did you use any like software or were you just straight word? What are some of the, the writing tools that you found helpful for you? Like what was your process? Um, I want, I, at first I was going to use CreateSpace, um, but then I just, you know, my editor said, I, I ultimately ended up uh, hiring an editor and she just, you know, put it in a Word document and I'll handle the layout. And that was a blessing. Oh, yeah, because layouts are a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, the, the editing process is such an amazing and beautiful process. It's frustrating at times, but um, it's, it, you know, I trusted her and what it was, it was tedious, but it was so, I think, well worth it in the end. Well, your final product, your book is beautiful. Thank you. Your interior design is just lovely. Just from the text, like the boxing that you have, the, the handwritten pieces that you have in there, how the exercises are pulled. Like, it's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. It is, it is truly, it is truly, it's like well done. So I sent my editor, I said, I, I have like this vision of what I want the front to look like. And I explained it to her, and I didn't go into the color colors at all, the color scheme. But when she sent back the the cover, it was she couldn't have been any more spot on. It, it was exactly what I had in my head, from the the colors to the font to the image. It was pretty amazing. So she did she did the cover and the internal formatting for you. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. you were you got a gem. You had a gem in your writing corner. Because I know those can be very uh, difficult to find, like a perfect partnership like that. Yeah. Like, I love my cover designer, and I'm very blessed that I found her. But before that, I can tell you some some really you know sketchy stories about what I had in my head, and then what the cover designers were producing, and it was like no, no, no. And then you know the Lord blessed me with my new cover designer. So so you started out just with that perfect kind of marriage of editor-writer relationship. I'm very fortunate. Good, good. I think we kind of, I think we lagged. And, oh, there you go. Um, okay, so I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you, so you got the book. How did it feel when you went through the process and you published it and you got it in your hands? Like, what was that day like for you? 
It well, the first couple times I had it in my hand, it was a little frustrating because the it was off kilter. You know, proof copies. Yes, the proof copies were not not ideal the first couple go rounds. And I remember the one day I, that the first proof copy was going to arrive, and I came home and there was a little note on my door from the UPS guy, and I was like. I need that. And so I said, I know his route. I'm tracking him down. I drove all over town. And then I finally, I said, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't finding him. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just breathe. You're, you're telling the universe it's not working. It's not working. So just chill out for a minute. So I took a breath, I stopped the car and then I turned the corner and there he was in front of me, <laughs> but it was the wrong EPS guy. But um, he said, I didn't go to your place today, but I know the guy who did, he's over on Air airport Boulevard or aviation, whatever it was. I drove over there. Oh and I but anyway, it was really an amazing feeling. It was, I mean, I felt I was, it was an achievement. I mean, it was a great achievement for me. And the fact that, you know, um, it's hard for me to sit down and write and sometimes you know i just i get dizzy or i just you know i still have some issues that i'm dealing with so to be able to um you know go through that entire process and um and meet all my deadlines i was i felt pretty good about it awesome awesome well congratulations on a just a beautiful book it is beautiful from the first page I will say the butterfly chapters, they're my favorite. And you know, too, I, uh, you know, just for any writers out there, I made myself a promise that whenever I felt like writing is, was a chore, I just put it down. I put it down and I walked away. I did not want to be in that frame of mind that this is a chore, this is something hard. No, 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 no. I wanted it to be fun. And so whenever I felt like that pressure and that overwhelm, I just stepped aside, took some of my own advice, you know, <laughs> went back to it when I felt more aligned with the, with the task. Yeah. And so with nonfiction work, did you find yourself skipping around in places in the book? Because you knew it, I mean, the book is chronological, but were you finding it easier to go from place to place or just go straight through? What was the process that you went with that? Well, it got tricky because, you know, there's two kind of distinct parts of the book. Yeah. So the chronology was really easy, but then when I transitioned more into the, you know, the process and the, the, the becoming of myself, then it got kind of, I had to go back and forth. And I thought, you know, sometimes I thought, well, wait a minute doesn't this belong back there and when did I really start to think about those concepts and um so I I definitely went back and forth and then the impact of narratives all those six requisites for success those were their own chapter but sometimes during the process I thought no because I started thinking of awareness early on and then I started thinking of continued learning at this point in time and then I started thinking about about the repetition at this point in the chronology and then I started thinking about it so that's why I kind of peppered those through the book as I did because that's when I they came into my consciousness and I realized wow this is really important and this is you know and um so I don't know if that answers your question it does and I think it works that way though I like how you said you peppered them in like I think it works that way when you space them out because then it allows the person that's reading to digest that information, hold it for a little, 
process it while they go and then they get the next piece. The yeah. next, like if you would have done it like boom, boom, boom and had it all through, that might have just kind of been a gloss over. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, they're more impactful the way that it's laid out. Yeah, I think so too. And so how much did you have like with the editing phase? Here's what I hear a lot of times from the authors that I work with or people email me a lot and they'll tell me, I'm sitting on my manuscript for a year because it's not perfect enough. It's not good enough in my standard. And I'm always trying to encourage my author people out there. You'll, you'll read your manuscript 150 times and you can change it in 150 ways. If you keep like chopping away at this thing, yeah. then you are holding yourself up. And so that's advice that I give to people. Like when you were in that editing phase, did you struggle with any of those kind of emotions? Yeah, a little bit. Because I did want, you know, and then especially, you know, I think I drove my editor a little nuts and she cut me off at one point. I, I would still be editing it today. Wow. I mean, in, 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 in this whole, the whole book is kind of an evolution and I would still be evolving. The book. I mean, so yeah, you just got to trust and that was probably one of the biggest takeaways that I got through this whole experience through my injury. And then the, the writing process is just trust, just trust in the experience and that it's all, you know, and you know what, even at the end, I found a typo and I caught it. So the initial like 20 copies I got for book signings have like this one little typo on the back, but no one would notice, but I did. And, um, and so, but I didn't realize, um, I, growing up we always had to have two spaces after the end of a period and before the next sentence and my editors kept correcting me and that was driving me nuts and now so little things like that i was re relearning how things have changed over the years um but yeah i would i would still be editing for sure to as of today because i wanted it to be perfect but it's never going to be another another lady she emailed me last week and so she said she has a coach and her coach is telling her, start with what you know first in your writing. You're an expert in this field. Write what you know. Put out nonfiction works first. And that's how they were encouraging, you know, this lady. And then she was like, well, Jennifer, I know you did the same thing because I started with my Bible devotionals first and then went into my fiction world. Um, and it's just maybe I would at that point in my life, I was ready to tell my story. And, and I had all of my other novels. I just, they weren't ready yet. It wasn't the God's appointed time for those. If that's not what it was meant to be. And so uh, what would you have to say to like other authors out there who they kind of don't know which avenue, they have a passion for writing. They might be an expert in a field. Like, did you find that it, what would be your advice to them? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I'm not an expert. You know, I talk about quantum physics in the book. I'm not a quantum physicist, I, you know, but I am an expert in my experience. Yes. We are all experts in our own experiences. And I think, you know, we just rejoice in that. Um, but, and, 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 and so, the, and the other thing, you know, just trusting that your heart is going to give you the right response. You know, when we try to ask our brain a question, we've got to go through the ego and analysis and, you know, 
all the sorts of things that the brain has to navigate through, right? But when we, and there's actually science to this, I'll just give you a little science lesson here. Um, in the heart, there's 40, we've got neuro, um, sensory neurites everywhere in our body, but in the heart, there's 40,000 sensory neurites concentrated. So when you just relax, you put your hand on your heart, ask your heart a question, your heart's gonna pick up on it and give you an answer without all that analysis, without the fear, a fear ego and the, and the, you know. Um, but I would just say, yeah, I mean, you are an expert in your own experience and try not to do all of it at once, just to pick something that's, that, that seems the most enjoyable. I would say, you know, that because if it's, if it's, if it seems like a chore, there's resistance. There's some resistance there. But if it seems like, wow, that would be my highest excitement right in this moment, that's your answer. I think sometimes, too, people are always looking for other people oh. to, and, and to validate or to, to guide to yeah. the, when you've got all the answers right here. We've got all the answers, and I also, I like to call it that compare and despair. And, you know, we look at other, other people's works and, oh, well, that's not mine, and I'll, well, da, da. but that's our, that's our limiting belief. That's what's holding us back, right? So, I mean, yeah, and, and so, but we are unique beings. Each of us is a unique being in this, in this experience and that's what needs to be rejoiced and i made sure i did not look at anything else um and i'm and i had to keep it real simple and and the exercises truly are very simple but even so good <laughs> even like the discussion on quantum physics i'm sure there's someone out there who is a quantum physicist who would read that and go well you're wrong here and you're wrong well i understand that but this was from the viewpoint of my experience and that was my frame so i i, I don't know i i never i never put a lot of pressure on myself in that regard and i, I just really just tried to have it the most fun with it you know getting it out there and you regained like you you got to the point where you regained joy yes right yes. and that was so and i ah uh, that was i will never forget that day and i and i believe that too many of us are at a deficit of joy in this world yes. too many of us and i remember this feeling of joy just literally washing all over me and i thought whoa that is so natural yet so unfamiliar and that was a bizarre kind of incongruent feelings happening at the same time like i i know this is natural i know this is how i'm supposed to feel this is how god wants me to feel this is how we're all like this is natural but boy it's like that friend that i haven't seen in so many years like i couldn't recognize her but i knew i had to like stay in that joy and that bliss as long as i possibly could so that my brain and my body would get a memory of it that I could recall because we, you know, we are, we so easily go to um, memories of pain and unpleasant memories and our body remembers everything that we, we felt in that memory and that experience, our body remembers that. So I'm now trying to remember joy every day. I mean, that's, you know, so you're doing the mindful practice of joyful thinking, thinking, action. Yeah. Just because we get to pick what we think about. 
Oh, okay, so we also get to choose, and you really nail that in the book. And you know, we and then I was thinking, like every day we make, gosh, I don't even know how thousands of choices. Like in the classroom, teachers are constantly, you know, readdressing and making choices, and then we're having to do all of this. And then when we get home, we have different sets of choices, and then we were having to choose, you know, everything. Yeah. And then you think about it, you're making all of these outward choices. What about the inward choices that we're making? And then we push ourselves aside and you called it, you know, taking care of our mental hygiene. Like you use that word mental hygiene. Like our mental health then slides when we don't make the right choices internally for ourselves. And, and not only our mental I mean, I was fortunate that when, you know, in the initial stages, when I let stress enter my field, I would re get re-traumatized in the, I would get symptomatic. And that was my sign. When I'm thinking bad thoughts, I, I literally get re-traumatized. But when I think of the ocean or a puppy or nothing at all, I feel good. And that was like, that was my first epiphany. Wow. If I'm going to heal physically, I got to really pay attention to this. But our thought, you know, and I talk about the chemical, I don't want to give it all away, but I do talk about the chemical reaction to every single thought we have. There's a chemical reaction in the body. And that's incredibly important. Um, but, you know, it directly impacts our well being. So, we do have a choice. We absolutely have a choice to, um, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, Hey, it's an awareness. It's, yeah. you know, and so it sounds real simple and it's, and it is, but it just takes, um, awareness I think is the biggest thing. And, you know, being, being aware of what's going through your mind every single day, when you turn on the TV and you see another mass shooting, you know, and there are two in a row and like, there's a whole series of thoughts that about fear, about how unsafe this world is, and maybe you're thinking about your children and and your body's responding, and you know it's so. And that there's a whole level of stress that goes with that. Um, so, yeah. And so your exercises are your lived experiences of when you had your epiphany moments. You you were like. <gasps> This actually worked. Now I've got to go write this down <laughs> and repeat it yeah. and do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I, I don't even know why I intuitively figured this out on my own. Maybe I had some sort of connection. Yeah. I, because I've seen so many people that just, it's, it, they take a different route. And, and maybe they get, you know, into victim mode or anger. And, and I don't know. I mean, divine intervention. I, it's just, I started figuring this out, but the better I felt, the more I was like, I need to develop more. And the, and the better I felt, the, the more I wanted to practice. And, and the less I cared, you know, I, I think I write in there um, about when a friend of mine years ago said, if you could have one thing in the world, what would it be? And I said, I need two things. And he said, all right, what are they? I said, I want a villa on the Amalfi Coast and I want inner peace, but I need the villa first. And he said, why? I said, well, if I had inner peace, I wouldn't care. But what happened to me in the process is I didn't care about, like people would say, "What? you're so happy, but you're this is all happening. I'm like, I don't 
care. I am ha- I'm so happy. I'm like, I would walk down the street with a big smile on my face and people probably thought I, I'm crazy. But this whole, this process just brought me to this place of being like, you know, just robust and, and full. And, and now the Holy Spirit is using you as an instrument of faith and you're able to tell your testimony and then go out there and help encourage other people that are going through, you know, trying times, you know, injuries, or they have family members that are going through these kinds of things. Like, I think your book also would help so many families that if they have someone that has experienced a traumatic brain injury or they have just experienced a setback, just a setback, like somebody is going through um, any kind of surgery or any kind of health condition, any kind of mental health condition, and they just want to hear from a perspective of someone who's been there, who is who is now you know a living testimony of of how reframing and working through and processing and seeking mentors and getting the help and never giving up. I mean, you've got such a powerful story there, and I can see it not only helping my freshmen because I'm going to be like um, using some of those exercises. I'm telling you, I am. Um, but I can just see it just touching so many people. Yeah. And not only that, also just people are feeling stuck or unproductive in business in their in their work. Yeah. You know, or feeling like I hate my job, but maybe it's not your job, maybe it's the story you're telling yourself about the job. I love that. I loved when you did the fill in the blank and then the next paragraph it was like change your story. Change your story. That's it. So here's in my mind, I'm going to have my kids, like you had work is blank. I'm going to have my kids go, school is blank. Because they're going to come in going the same way with us. We're having transitions. The kids are going to be transitioned from middle to high school. They're dealing with a lot of things. They just walked into a new environment. And in their mind, they may shift negative. And so I'm going to say, let's rewrite our story. So, hey, I'm telling you, you're going to, you're going to change some lives in a couple of weeks. I hope so. Because <laughs> I'm about to do some of that work um, <laughs> with my kids. But I'm, I'm telling you, you've just got just a gem in your book. Thank you. And I feel very appreciative. I don't want to use your gratitude. I want to say the appreciation. I just feel very just happy that I've met you and I've had an opportunity to read your book and now you get to talk more about it and and just tell everybody like this you can tell that this is your passion yeah I mean I I never you know I can't talk about cash flows for an hour you know on end with excitement and enthusiasm you know and in debt restructures but this i can talk about all day long you probably you know be careful because I, I won't stop talking about it but the only i've lived it i know it you know i've lived this it, it it just works and now there's neuroscience to back up why it it works um it's very cool but an interesting thing um i you know i don't like to people have a bad um, a negative meaning or they assign a negative meaning to the word work, you know, and words are inherently neutral. You know, I, I've read about a woman I coached, she had a 
very negative um, assigned meaning to the word perseverance, but I like to look at perseverance as we just know something to be true. It's, it's truth. So we're going to just figure out different ways to get to that truth if there's obstacles. Um, so I had a very different meaning attached to that word, but work, I like to use that as an acronym, and that is where our realities kindle. Because if you do do this work and you have the patience and you do practice, and um, it's there's no way a new reality will not ignite in your world. There's no way it won't if you do this, this these practices. And they're so simple and they're so easy. Alphabet soup, that was, that's one of my favorite ones. Um, there's a lot of good ones, but they yeah, are very simple, very simple. Okay, I love one of your quotes and I'm actually going to use this quote as a discussion springboard in my classroom. Um, and so I wanted to share, and I'm telling you guys, you need to get this book. I'm, not, I'm only going to give you one quote, but there's like a million that I could have like done here. Um, it says, we all have a great capacity for change within us, but change of any kind can be hard. And I think that goes for all walks all experience, every change, every situation we encounter, even if it's hard, change is necessary. Yeah, and, and again, um, so two things. I mean, one, it's our conditioning. And a lot of us hear from a very young age, you know, well, you can't do that, or, or no, well, that, that didn't work last time, or these, you know, when we're young, and that's where a lot of these beliefs are formed, we're kind of walking around in a, like a, alpha theta state of imagination, you know, and it's not, it just gets internalized. It goes right into the program. Um, so it's by the time we're like seven years old, we've already got a lot of these already ingrained in us, but, but change also, your brain does not like change. Your brain and your ego, like it, it freaks out a little bit because it's, it's unfamiliar. And so a lot of us have the tendency, maybe we realize we have a capacity for change, but we still go into the same habits and we tend to think, well, no, I'm just going to stay here in this place of whatever, because that feels right. No, 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 no. It's not that it's right. It's that it's familiar. And the hardest thing about making a new reality is doing something different each day. Just one thing different. And that's where the work acronym comes in. And that's when, like, when I'm trying to encourage a lot of authors and they'll say, well, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z today, but I didn't get any writing time in. And then they start having all of these negative emotions and guilt feelings because they wanted to do the writing, but they binge watched on Netflix or they decided to do other things yeah. just in the place of structure time. And they'll say, you know, how can I get myself into that? It's practiced routines. You have to change something up, like you said, every day. Try something new. Like I I used to, when I was younger, I used to be able to write late at night. When my kids were really small, I was able to stay up 2.30 in the morning, typing away on a manuscript, still fresh. Do not ask me how. And I could get these ideas. Now that I'm older, I have a different change. I have different habits. I work better at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. So I had to force myself every day this summer 
to go against what my natural body wants to do, which is rest and recover from a school year and just be lazy this summer, <laughs> to actually say, okay, I need practice routines. I need to fit these and organize my life in a way where I can become more productive and then I feel better. I get more accomplished. You know, I see the result of the work and it is changing my reality. Every day I'm doing something new to challenge myself. There was an, okay, I'm not giving your whole book away. I'm going to do one more. But there was a part where, and I didn't write it down, so it's not going to be like your quote. I'm going to try. But it was where you said, make sure that you're learning something new that is going towards your transformation. I love that. I wish I could just say that word for word. But it's like, that hit me. Like, what are we learning? What are we spending our time? What are we doing on a day-to-day that, you know, pushes us towards where we want to be um, of joy in that life of purpose. So I, I love that line. Yeah, I'm looking at um, it. It's in one of, I can visually see it. It's in one of your um, boxes. Yeah, it's um, page. See, you're good. Nine or so. I love, I love that so much. Um, I don't have my readers, but it's on page 67. It's Impact Imperative number two. So um, that's the book. We're not going to get to spoil it for you. It's good. I'm telling you. But yeah, I mean, even learning about whatever it is toward that, that supports your own transformation. So if that means, you know, I want to be a more compassionate person, go learn about compassion start listening to people that talk about compassion if you want to learn a trade learn the trade i mean and but also i honestly believe that we can learn something from every single person out there and so go talk to people you know strike up conversations if they don't want to talk back that that's fine that's fine but you know and 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 look at your judgments about people and you know if you get behind someone and they're driving like a maniac and you have a reaction Pretend for a moment that's your elderly father or mother or your son or daughter, and then see how that shifts, you know? Well, you talk about that, too, that that's actually pulling a resource from you if you have a negative thought about, like, when you're in traffic and you want to say something negative. You know, the, the part in the book, I love that, too, about how you put it out there about how many points you get, like, your income. Yeah, 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 your return on energy. Yeah, and yeah. so, Yeah. That's a good, that's a good example too. Yeah. Y'all gotta get the you book. He was watching Netflix instead of writing. So what? What? I mean. What did you learn about the way that a story goes or how these characters evolved? You know, don't look at it as such a negative thing. People start to feel so guilty though. I can see them start to wrap around this just negative ball of energy and it's, it starts to encase upon them. Yeah. And it's almost like they'll carry a shadow of disappointment. And there's, there's so many writers that, that I'm telling, you can't be like this writer here, be you. Yeah. You have your own story, you tell it. Continue to learn the craft, continue to read, you know, what's working or, or 
ways to improve your grammar or way, you know, good tools to use and this and that. Don't stop learning about the industry and, and learn from other people, but don't get yourself so caught up to where you're wearing the shadow. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I, I don't have any children, but the thing that I do with myself is sometimes when I'm feeling like a victim or feeling a negative I pretend that I am talking to my daughter and I, she's the one feeling all this and I give her my advice and then I take that advice. Sometimes you, do you speak it out loud or do you write your advice? I speak it out loud or just I, I visualize it. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of tricks and tools. Um, but you know, I think you're saying something like, yeah, that's your story. Just be you. This is what God put us on this earth is to be our individual self-realized, self-actualized self. And I, I you know, I, I put this thing on Facebook every now. Each of us is like an endangered species. There's only one of us left on this planet. So let's save ourselves. Like let's, you know what I mean? Like we need to love and protect and, and help us each a unique being thrive. Um, just, I don't know. Okay, I love that. You guys need to go and quote that one too. <laughs> oh, Lynn, I just, I wanted to tug you through the screen. I just, wanted, I just, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, yes, behold of your book. I have the digital copy. Look, 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 everybody. Altered Impact. It's, it's on Impact. You can't see the O. And but altered on impact. Altered on impact. I wrote it down too. I wanted to say helped me. I had to I had to cross it out. How a traumatic brain injury taught me to lead a purposeful life. Yes. So tell everybody where they can find you, Lynn. Where do you usually hang out? I know you said social media. I know you've got your YouTube. Everybody go subscribe because her videos are attached to the work. And so while you're reading, then you can pop on over and actually see Lynn again and hear Lynn talk you through some of those steps and exercises from the book. So I think yeah. that's really good. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, people have different learning styles and sometimes it's it, people do better when they hear someone talking with them than just reading words on a page. Um, so yeah, the uh, Lynn Delgadio YouTube channel, I'm on Facebook, uh, I've got the Lynn Delgadio, and I've also got a Facebook page called Yes to Your Health, um, which is more kind of health-oriented. Um, LynnDelgadio.com, um, I've got another website, yes to your health.fit, so that's all spelled out, yes to your health.fit. Um, and um, I am in, you know, I'm, I'm in a few different magazines around, you know, the local area, um, and I'm a contributing writer in one of them. Um, but, you know, email me. I mean, I honestly, to, I, and I, I have to say, I am so incredibly humbled. I have been getting, like, I have over on my counter a five-page letter from someone in Connecticut. I've got handwritten cards. I've got beautiful emails. Someone in San Diego said, You've, this book has changed my life in ways you have never will never understand. I bought five books for my friends, um, so it's really humbling. And but I want to I want to hear like how people you know what people think and what strikes them and what resonates with them. And um, so I'd love 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 to hear from everybody. So guys, you hear it, you hear me, and she's saying first you got to get the book, you got to read it. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, the book is on Amazon. Amazon. Um, and if you have a problem with Amazon, let me know. I think we've worked it out. It originally, um, they were having all sorts of issues back in April, May, but I think it's they're all cleared up. But Amazon, um, I haven't checked in a while, but it was on Barnes. All this is all online, Barnes & Noble, Indie Pound, and Books A Million. So it's out there. Yes, yes. Get your copy today. Go check it out. Please work those exercises for a purposeful life. So guys, Lynn, I just want to thank you so much. And I'm going to put all of your links down in the description below so that way people can just click, click, click and go and find you. Um, you said you want people to email you. Do you prefer, do you have a contact form on your website or um, how have people been contacting you? They can just write uh, Lynn at lindeldaudio.com. Okay. And they'll put that on your Will you put that, that link there? So, or should you want me to spell it out? Yeah, I got it. I got your name, so. Yeah, that's the preferred. Or just you know, message me on Facebook. That's fine, too. Okay. Awesome. I'm in the process of converting my um, website from one platform to another, but I will get the email. Okay, good, good. All right, any last words, Liam? No, just so thankful that you had me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if you want a speaker to come and talk to your kids and that would be awesome. Yes, seriously, I'm going to be talking with you about it. Uh, I plan the events at school, so I'm the person. <laughs> so I'm the person. So uh, we just we just need to look at your calendar and just see what we can do. All right, sounds great. Awesome. Okay, bye, bye, guys. Thank you for joining me and Lowry Wright, and we're going to have this on the podcast and here on YouTube. So make sure that you share it out with all of your friends and family. All right, y'all have a blessed day. Bye, Lynn. Bye. Now that you've found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to Amazon and find me there. My four Bible devotionals are under the name Jennifer Eichner Lowry. Just type in 30-day Everyday Mom Challenge, Happy Renewal Year Challenge devotional, 30-day teacher challenge, or fingerprint curriculum K-12 homeschool planning. If you are a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, you'll be happy to see zero dollars appear by your price. Yep, all are free with Kindle Unlimited. And if you'd like to purchase the journal devotionals in paperback so you can reflect the way right in the book, you can get your copies for $12.99. Happy reading! So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.